This week, we are diving into part two of a little series that we started last week. We weren't really intending it to be a series, but there is so much information that we want to share. And we've, uh, we've titled this, Inside the Mind of an Adulterer. And we're just having a real conversation, raw, authentic, very vulnerable with Heather, so she can just talk to us a little bit about the things that were going on in her head when we went through infidelity over 11 years ago. So we hope you guys will stay tuned and listen in on this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. Rusty and Heather Bryant back with you for another week, and we're excited to follow up on a really popular episode that we started a little mini-series that, again, we didn't know what we were getting into, I guess, when we started it, but uh, just, well, I mean, you guys as listeners, you kind of um, proved to us that this is something that's really important to you and something that you wanted to hear. Uh, We mentioned this, I think, at some point this week on social media, but uh, for the first week of an episode being out, it's the most downloads that we've ever gotten on one on on an episode in the first week. So, um, thank you guys for listening and for tuning in, and we'll follow up uh, with another episode this week of the same topic. But we'll just dive into a little bit more. So, if you missed last week, we obviously we're encouraging you to go back and listen. Uh, won't really do us much good if we just try to explain it. But we really kind of touched on two things last week. We went way back in your story um, because, well, first of all, obviously you're listening to this and you probably, we, we get l- new listeners every week. So we want to make sure that we're not just assuming that everybody knows. But we went through, I drank something. Yeah. Why you, it's you look bad. You, it's not. It's, it's just there's this gurgle. Uh-huh. And it's better that I'm trying to <laughs> it keeps going. manage the gurgle. And we just. And we just <laughs> Maybe they think that there's just a pregnant pause okay. going on. Okay. And pregnant pause. I've never heard that. You've never heard of a pregnant no, pause? What's that mean? I don't know. I've heard it. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. So I have no idea where I was (laughs) now. You looked at me and you were like, what is is wrong wrong? with you, you weirdo? (laughs) Um, Okay. So. uh, You said we talked about two things. Well, no, I was trying to just tell where, who, who who we are. So don't want to assume. Um, so 2011, Heather confessed to being unfaithful in our marriage. That started us on this journey to healing, reconciliation, redemption, and lots and lots of learning. And so that's why we produce this podcast and why we do marriage coaching and why we are just available to try to help couples because we want to show the hope that um, we know that we can give through our story. So uh, we decided to just, we just get so many questions like because people are just always wondering how how could someone have an affair? Like, how do you get there? And so last week, we uh, were going to do this topic, and we got about, I don't know, just a few minutes in, and we realized, hey, we don't want to rush through this. So in the same way, we're not going to rush through this. We're going to answer what we can answer, 
and then if we need to extend it another week, it's fine. It's not a big deal. We can decide. Um, but last week we talked about two, you talked about two things. Uh, basically, we backed way up to even before the affair, and you you said that really the first thing that you kind of remember as being a red flag was just you looking at other people or other marriages and just wondering what it would be like to be married, to be in a different marriage. Sure. And just to clarify, the red flag, I didn't realize it was a red flag then. Right. That's looking back. That's the first sign that I can remember mm-hmm. that something was going on. But at the time, I was like, there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's the whole reason why we're doing this, sure. because you're able to look back and go, okay, well, now I see the steps. Mm-hmm. And so you obviously want other people to see it as a red flag. Right. So if you're playing the comparison game, you know, Stop it. yeah, whether whether you feel like it's justified because of the way that your marriage is going or not, um, it's you you just don't need to go there. And I think you said that it just opens up this huge playground for the enemy to play in. And so um, the other thing was you talked about kind of the next step was the flirting, and it was for you wanting attention and um and you know kind of casting it out there to people and seeing what kind of return you would get and um man we actually posted some stuff this week on social media and got some really interesting responses um so struck we didn't even have to respond to some of it struck a nerve struck a nerve with some people but that's Mm -hmm. that's fine that's That's what we're trying to do is to get people to think a little bit Mm so we're just going to move on today and i don't know if these are necessarily like steps in the process maybe i mean that helped to kind of set the stage um but we're doing this sort of investigative style, like inside the mind of a serial killer kind of a thing, but inside the mind of an adulterer. And we are being, we're not taking this lightly because it is such a serious thing, but we are, we're able to look at it in a very mature and healthy way to where we can talk about it openly and honest, honestly. And like, you guys have to understand we're not going to get off of this and be depressed because we've talked about it like we and so I'm not trying to back Heather into a corner with these questions this is just hey let's talk about it and let's see what we can share with the world so that they can get some insight so let's start here I'm gonna ask this question and just do you remember a time during the process where you thought, I'm possibly making some choices right now that could destroy my marriage? Um, <clears throat> I can remember thinking I am making choices that are not right. But I don't think that I got to the point yet where I thought that it could destroy my marriage. I still very much remember going through a season after, even after the flirting kind of started, I remember going through a time period where I was like, these these things are probably wrong, but I'm still very much in control. And so nothing's going to get so out of the hand that it's going to destroy my marriage. Like even if 
you even found out about some of it, you might be mad, but it wouldn't destroy my marriage. Mm. Like, was it still was it still things that you felt like, you know, like you just said, it's stuff that I might be mad about, mm-hmm. but you didn't feel like you were necessarily crossing a line that you couldn't justify. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, and, and I can remember thinking, this doesn't apply to me. <laughs> I know that that sounds so weird, but I would even, like, if I heard somebody say, or, or a pastor say, or a friend say anything about adultery, I would justify it and say, well, this isn't adultery. Like, I'm not, what I'm doing is not that far. And then even if it was, surely they're not talking about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that that, like, I know how that sounds now, but I'm just telling you in, in walking through it, that's how I felt. It was like, surely this flirting or this texting or this sending pictures or whatever. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not crossing over into the line of full fledged adultery. Did you ever, as this was kind of going on and progressing, did you ever kind of conjure up in your mind what you would say to me if I ever found out or questioned you about it? Or did you just feel like you would just... I just really didn't ever think I would get caught. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. I think that I thought I was so far beyond or above anybody knowing what I was doing, I never even really gave thought to what would happen if I got caught. Um, it Like, I just didn't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. Now, after, like, once things progressed more and I actually crossed the line, then the um, beating myself up started and the, I can't believe you did that. It was like a... a a weight of shame and guilt, but yet because I wasn't found out and I wasn't going to confess, it just spurred me into this pretending even more Mm -hmm. into, I have to pretend everything's okay. I have to, you know, keep smiling. I can't break. I can't, you know, so it was just even more, you know, I've talked about how I felt like I had on a mask before. Well, this was really putting on a mask Mm -hmm. because I was putting on the mask of, I have to pretend that everything is okay. And, and even like managing all the pieces of this person can't know that I was there and I told them I would be there, but I was really here. Like it was just kind of this high of excitement, making sure everything was working the way it was supposed to work. And I really thought I was just kind of above getting caught. Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't think it would happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come back. You you moved a little bit farther. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Because I said it wasn't gonna be a progression thing, but it just had me thinking about something. So I I know a couple of times along the journey, you were either like like you even said that somebody you remember somebody saying something to you one time, and you thought this you know I could stop this right here, mm-hmm. and you didn't. Um, I even remember, like, I got really uncomfortable with the situation. I remember exactly 
where I was because I was out of town Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was already feeling a little weird about just... And I, I, I really do think it goes back to like what we talked about last week with your personality of being so flirty and just, you know, really a big personality and you would play it off that way mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so I was always a little bit uncomfortable, you know, for lack of better terms, I was always uncomfortable. And there was one particular time I couldn't get in touch with you. And I was out of town. I kept calling. I kept texting. And when I finally got in touch with you, and again, I'm not going to tell a lot of details. There's no reason to do that. But you had been in a situation where you were alone with another guy. Right. And I mean, I called you out on it Mm -hmm. big time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't call you out as much as I called out the guy. Mm -hmm. Not to him, but to you saying... Like, he he knows better. He knows better than that. Like, why would that be? And, of course, you brushed it off and played it off. And so when something like that, like, do you remember times where, you know, you kind of, somebody gave a check to you, like Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. but you were just like, "Mm, not going to listen. I'm just going to keep on going. Well, not only that, but I can remember taking the focus off of what I had done and I put it back on you. Like I remember going, why are you acting like this? It was Mm -hmm. no big deal. Like you're acting jealous and that makes me mad. And like I turned, I completely shifted it to be your fault Mm -hmm. instead of mine. And I think that's just kind of how I dealt with it. Like I, there was no way I was going to confess what I was doing Mm -hmm. and, and admit that maybe I was in a position that I shouldn't have been in because that's actually before anything ever happened. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I had allowed that check to be like, what am I doing? Then that could have changed the trajectory of what happened, but I didn't. I never in that conversation at all thought that I was doing something wrong. It was very defensive, very, um, no, I'm not doing anything wrong. It, and I, again, I blame shifted back onto you and made it your fault that you were overly jealous, overly sensitive, you know that you were reading too much into it and mm-hmm. that just relax, you know? Yeah. And, and I know I, I never even thought about taking ownership of it. So what does a couple do? I mean, what kind of, I mean, can you, I know this is really putting you on the spot, but like, what do, what are suggestions? Because we like this, this exact thing has to all, I mean, I would think that this part of the process happens more often than not Mm -hmm. so if there is somebody that's kind of I mean let's just take it take boundaries for example Mm -hmm. one spouse is just like I'm not gonna go to extreme boundaries and the other spouse is like "Mm, you're making me really uncomfortable with this and maybe even tries to approach it and then and then that I mean, the same thing yeah. happens where it's just like, you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything. Right. Like, right. how? what do you do? Well, because I, I mean, just wonder what, sure. what, like what could, could I have, back. yeah, Absolutely. if we could go back, what Absolutely. could I have done well, different? I 100% believe 
that there was nothing you could have said that would have broken me. Mm. I think that I was very much going to defend everything I was doing and saying when it came to talking to you about it. I, the only thing that, and who knows? I mean, Rusty, who knows if this would have broken me or not, but it's the only thing that I could think of that might have gotten my attention is for you to involve someone else that I might would listen to outside of you, like a friend or a parent or a mentor, because I didn't have a mentor at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that could speak truth where it would be received differently than coming from you. Mm-hmm. Because from you, I was such... It's, I kind of think about like a turtle shell. <laughs> I was, I had a thick old shell on mm-hmm. when it came to you and nothing was going to penetrate it. Mm-hmm. Like I was in defense mode, protection mode, trying to keep everything hidden mode. And, and when it came to you, I just don't think that I listened mm-hmm. and I blame shifted and deflected so quickly that I didn't even allow the thoughts to take root in my head. Mm-hmm. It was just like, no, that's not true. You know, Um, but if maybe a friend, a trusted friend or somebody that could speak truth into me, well, could say, Hey, I see this going on or I've noticed this. And I think maybe Mm -hmm. that would be a good step to take to find a friend that could speak into them, uh, a mentor that could speak into them, a counselor, a pastor, a somebody that they might listen to um, besides the spouse. Because I think when it comes to the spouse, like you try, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not received well, then you might have to take an additional step. Like it's scriptural in Matthew where it says if you have a problem with somebody, you go to them. And then you take one other person. And then you get, you know, several people involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's... I mean, that's definitely grounds for, hey, I see something concerning that's going on and we need to address it. Mm -hmm. And if the spouse will not listen to you, I mean, just know that I didn't. I didn't listen where I might have listened to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have. We can't go back and say whether I would have or not. But it's the only thing that I could think of. That might, um, and, and let me tell you why, just real quick, I can remember after everything coming out, I heard of two or three people that said, oh, I saw, you know, I was at the gym and I saw, or I thought I saw that and thought that was weird, but I just didn't want to say anything, you know, cause people don't want to mm-hmm. meddle. But I was like, there were two of those people that I might would have listened to if mm-hmm. they had said, I see this and it's not good. Mm-hmm. And I might, because I was hurt by that, like that they noticed and didn't say anything at the point at that time. I was like, gosh, I wonder if they had said something, if I would have, you know, checked up because I didn't check up with your warnings. I got very defensive and denied, 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 and then blame shifted. Mm -hmm. I, you know, this is all, I mean, it's. When I'm listening to it, I sh- I'm I'm rewinding things and I'm thinking, well, should I have done something <laughs> different, you know? And I do think that there was a point where I just was kind of like, all right, well, I mean, 
I don't know why I shouldn't trust you. Sure. Like you've never given me a reason to not trust you. Right. I am uncomfortable mm-hmm. with how things are going and how you're progressing and the boundaries and all that kind of stuff. And, but I also think that there was the, we're the perfect couple. Mm-hmm. We don't have problems. That's right. You didn't want to mess that, that up. That was the culture sure. that we grew up in. Sure. And so I wasn't really willing to reach out to another couple that might could help us. Sure. And like, can I just say to, there's, there are so many of you out there that have reached out as a couple to us and like I know that some of you specifically this is the issue. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a trust issue. And even though it wasn't like one spouse was like, okay, kinda like what you just said, if you know, you're not listening to me, so I'm gonna go find somebody that that you might will listen to. But it was more it was more of a let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go to some, let's go, hey, can we talk to this couple and just maybe see how they handle this mm-hmm. situation? Mm-hmm. I just think that's, that is so healthy. Absolutely. In, in a marriage, because if it's different from, you know, if I think back to what you were, you, you know, what I was beginning to feel uncomfortable about. Mm-hmm. And for me to go to a friend of yours or somebody that I thought might could speak truth to you and tell them, like me alone, like I don't know that that's good even. Because then it's like, oh, well, I'm doing that. Like I'm going and sharing my marriage problems with somebody and saying, hey, could you talk to my wife and tell her she's screwing up? It's just that just makes things really I mean, even that may, you know, even that's a little dangerous. Mm -hmm. So that's where you just need to somehow, hey, you know, there's these things that I'm dealing with. It would be great if we went and talked to an older couple, Mm -hmm. somebody that we trust, somebody that... I just think that's a very important thing. So I, I know we didn't need that wasn't the whole reason to get to get off on yeah. that particular uh, question and and go yeah. far, but it just. Yeah, that's my encouragement to you guys. If you're struggling with something and you don't feel like I'm not listening to him or she's not going to listen to me or, you know, whatever, then it's time to bring somebody in. That's right. And and see if you can hash some things out. And don't think bringing somebody in means that your marriage is screwed up or weak or not. not. I mean, like, it's, it's such an empowering thing to say, we're not perfect. Yeah. Like we're two sinners trying to make this work. Look, we we get we get a chance to talk and and coach lots of couples and and I mean I'm thinking of a of an unbelievable couple that they approached us and just said, "Hey, we want to we want to ask some questions." And then it's led into you being a mentor mm-hmm. um for somebody. And I just like that's that's being the hands and feet of Jesus and and it's being the body of Christ it's the body of Christ for them to reach out and say hey can you help us with something I just think yeah. it's great anyway okay uh let's see if we can get maybe one one more question okay. I don't know okay maybe um so as we were talking through you know crossing a, you know did you ever feel like you were crossing a line that could destroy your marriage do you actually remember okay for those of you that 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 don't know the whole story heather did have a physical relationship so obviously there was a point on physically where you were like okay well i've crossed the line mm-hmm. but 
even leading up to that, or was that just the point? I mean, did when did you feel, or did you ever feel like I have crossed a line in that? I mean, I've crossed a line that I never should have gone past. Yes, definitely. Um, I definitely felt like like all the leading up to stuff I justified and was like, it's fine, it's fine that you know. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, the real line, that's never going to be crossed. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of kept pushing the real line further and further and further out. And once that line was completely crossed, 100%, there was an element of what have I just done? Mm -hmm. Um, But because, and if I could have, if I had admitted it to you right then, and confessed that would have been way better than what I did. Mm -hmm. But what I chose to do was start hiding it and doing everything in my power to cover it up because I, I was scared to death for you to know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I keep it hidden, then everything's going to be okay. So it was like, yes, I crossed the line. Yes. I panicked. Yes. I went into shame and guilt but I immediate was like immediate thought was how am I gonna how am I gonna um uh I can't think of the word how am I gonna like protect it how am I gonna keep this a secret mm-hmm. so then it went into just kind of um, saving everything from from being exposed mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah so it was kind of like I was able to shift into another gear. Because I was like, I don't have time to do this. Like, I don't have time to sit in this and worry about this and 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 sit in shame and guilt. I got to figure out how to keep this covered up. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like this next level of um, do you think exposure. That, do you think that that's sense. do you think that some of that? Um, you know, you mentioned just kind of the adrenaline of mm-hmm. moving pieces around and keeping things secret. Like, is some of that a defense mechanism from having to feel guilt? Oh, absolutely. Like, if I sat in it too long, I would have been destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so I had to keep going. I had to keep moving. I had to keep, um, you know, like, like you can't imagine the energy and mind power and all of the things that it takes to keep all of the moving pieces um, straight in your mind and where I had told you I was versus where I was. And I mean, like it just, it was all consuming mm-hmm. plus trying to continue taking care of a family and, you know, the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, I didn't allow myself to sit in it. Mm-hmm. I just kept things moving and trying to move really fast through everything trying to keep everything in secret. So the last thing to talk about is just playing back on what you just said and how when you cross the line, if you had, you know, you immediately, you did feel the guilt and you knew you'd crossed the line, you knew you'd made a mistake. And if you would have just come and talked to me mm-hmm. and confessed that that would have made things much easier and different. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're speculating. Sure. Um, but, you know, it ended up being one of those things that carried on for, you know, several weeks. And 
when you finally got caught, that's when you had to tell me. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before to lots and lots of couples that, you know, that that does make things harder and it adds to the length of time of rebuilding sure. trust in, in most cases. Right. Um, because if you confess, then there is this already an initial um, repentance almost, and or remorse, at least you're yeah. moving in that sure. direction. It may not be, um, you know, it may not be 100%. So there's a lot of people, a lot of couples out there that they have they have crossed the line mm-hmm. And I'm saying that there's a line way before what you thought Absolutely. you were crossing, way before what you thought That's was right. crossing the line. So backing it up, there's plenty of spouses out there that have already gone too far in a relationship, whether it's been a full-blown physical relationship or it's just an emotional thing. And I don't say just an emotional That's thing. Right. It's an affair. And as they are in this situation— you know, what would you say to them? Because a lot of them are just waiting to think they're going to just end it at some point. Or like you, I'm never going to get caught. Don't know where this is going, but I'm never going to get caught. But they're scared to, some of them are like, I need to tell, need to tell my spouse this. But they're scared because Absolutely. they don't know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. like, what would you say if you were sitting down in front of that person and they're yeah. holding on to that secret? Sure. Well, I first of all, I know exactly how you feel because the thought of confessing was the most terrifying thing that I had ever experienced in my life. The hardest thing that I ever had to do was confess. And I did confess after I got caught by right. somebody else. So I still had to go through the process of confessing to you right even though it wasn't my heart that was making me confess right so the actual action I had to go through like I had to sit and say but you were and you were but I was forced to do that Mm -hmm. but but what I'm saying is I know that feeling of having to say the words right um it's not like you found out on your own and 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 approached me like I had to say those words and it was by far the hardest thing I've ever done so I know like I know how you feel but what I need for you to hear me say is if you muster up the courage to go to your spouse and say I have messed up and I have done this and and not in a cult way but in a confession way it will go so much further than when you were caught. And you will get caught. Yeah. It, you will get caught. Yep. It will come out. Whether, I mean, we we know a couple that literally he was in an affair for 20 years. And then it came out. And I mean, it's just that much worse. Like you, there has to be a moment of, I messed up. I've I've done some things that I should not have done that are dishonoring to the, to to God and to our marriage and I want to confess that to you so that we can start fresh and start anew because what happens is if you don't confess it continues to eat you alive and and then it will continue to get worse and worse and worse and and I said last week I know I said it that sin carries you further than you're willing to go. Mm-hmm. Like it, 
you think, oh, I would never go past this line, and then you do. The line moves, Mm -hmm. and then it moves, and then it moves, and then it moves. So what I would say to you is stop it. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Stop it and confess to your spouse. Confess so that you can be honest, and then there's going to be a time where you can rebuild Mm -hmm. trust. And at that point, it's probably wise and it's certainly okay and probably suggested that you yes, bring in bring people in to, to help that's you right. out you know whether and to that's, walk with you yeah counseling marriage coaching you know there's lots of um you know get mentors all of that but you can't walk that alone um effectively yeah and and but the temptation is to walk it alone because you don't sure, want to put your stuff sure. out there and especially if you confess and then you're both kind of like okay well you've told me and nobody else knows, mm-hmm. so let's see if we can work right. through this. This is not one of those things that you just play around with and try to brush it under the rug and keep moving mm-hmm. forward. It's it's something that can change your it it will change your marriage, but it can change it for the better. For the better, right. and and most of you do not believe how that could even be possible. But that's why we're talking about it and telling you because we that's our testimony. And we just, and we are sharing our testimony so that there's hope. All right. I think we've got one more week in us next week uh, to wrap up. We're going to say one more question. I was like, no, we're too, (laughs) we're too, we're too far into this thing now. But um, I think we'll be able to wrap up next week. I do have a couple more questions, but uh, we'll be able to wrap it up. And then we'll move into, uh, into the mind of the betrayed. So you'll get a chance to hear from me. Um, You'll have to conjure up some. Some questions. Some questions. I can do for it. Me. All right. So there's that bubble again. The bubble. <laughs> hey, God protected me and got rid of the, the bubble for back. a while, but it's back now. So it <laughs> means it's a good time to sign off. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.